Good afternoon. Is it afternoon? What time does this launch at? Good noon, everyone, and welcome back to the BeFit Podcast. I am your host, Connor Murphy, here with Alex Frawley, once intern, now full-time for Big Night Fitness. Uh, If you guys are in Boston, you may see Alex at some of our in-person events with Big Night Fitness. He does everything from uh, behind the scenes, making sure that everyone gets the opportunity to... um, to host a class at any of our venues and also making sure he is on site, making sure everything runs smooth. Uh, super happy to have him uh, working with us and then also on the podcast. Thanks for joining us, Alex. Happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Today, the topic of discussion is, <clears throat> you know, we work with a bunch of different fitness professionals. I'm going to try to, st- I'm going to try to stray away from going directly into disciplines and more so about trainers health professionals, people in this industry to where their goal is to improve the quality of life of others uh, through health and wellness. Now, if we were to ask, what is the goal of working out? There's probably a few pretty easy things that most people would say. Like if I were to ask either of you guys, like, hey, like, like, what do you want from working out? What are your goals? To feel better. To feel better. Right, and that's that's relatively subjective. How do you feel better? What are things that happen to where you feel good? Bigger muscles to start. Bigger muscles. Okay, that's one thing. Increased muscle density. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know if that's what everyone wants, but I think that's a, a pretty positive thing, being more capable of moving objects of strength. Um, what else? Energy levels. Energy levels. I want to feel better throughout the day. That's where we start to get into... Um, more of the physiology of what's happening, of, of how we're starting to feel better. What are some, maybe not you specific, but some things that people want, adaptation people want from a training program or from a trainer? Uh, accountability. Yes. I mean, yeah, now we're talking about the actual job piece of it. I think more so what I'm going down, and, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but a lot of times I hear as a fitness professional, I want to lose weight. And I think the specific weight is I mean, decreased body fat. Um, that's, that's a big goal. Uh, I want to, you know, I want to look good for beach season. I want to look good naked. I have a, a wedding coming up. I have this or that. And it's like, so there's, there's a lot of these things to where it's like, Hey, these are some of the goals that people want. How are you going about getting them? And how are you going about dealing with, with different people? Now we, we want adaptation in these areas, so we have to talk about what a fitness program is. And if we talk about what a fitness program is, well, we need to define fitness. And that's an issue that I have or an issue that I've seen is that a lot of fitness professionals don't have a definition of fitness, which is difficult because how are you supposed to gain adaptation in something that you do not have a definition for? You don't have something direct where it's like, this is what I want to get better at. So in the CrossFit Level 1 seminar, um, they talk about what is fitness and they introduce a a few different models. And what I'm going to do today is I'm going to talk about a model called the the Sickness Wellness Fitness Continuum, Uh, more so because we're talking about where we want adaptation and a balance of of lifestyle factors and how we get there. And and I'm going to bring the whiteboard in here. Because I want to give you guys a visual, a visual representation of if you are a trainer or if you are someone who is seeking training, these are things that you should have at the front of mind about what you want to improve upon. So I'll hop up on here on the, on the whiteboard and we'll, we'll kind of discuss this a little bit. All right. So I'm going to draw a little half circle here. 
I earlier called it a continuum, and Hurley was like, you mean a half circle? It's a continuum. So this is going to be our, our, our sickness, wellness, fitness continuum. Now, with nothing on here, if I were to say, hey, where do you want to be? Where do you want to fall on this? Where would you guys say? Fit. Definitely yeah. fit. Yeah, everyone wants to be fit, but, but right now it means nothing. If we haven't defined anything, what does it mean to be fit? What does it mean to be well? What does it mean to be sick? We can talk about some, uh, a, a vary of different things, essentially anything we can put and plot on this continuum to figure out, but we have to start to set a standard. So I think if we start working towards like medical biomarkers, we can start to place these on here to get an idea of what I'm talking about from adaptation in this area. So let's talk about uh, blood pressure, right? You go into the doctor's office uh, after they measure your height, they measure your their weight, and then you get that thing around your arm, right? So when you go into the doctor, let's say he says, he or she says, you got a blood pressure of 120 over 70. And the, the doctor reaches out and you fist bump him, good to go. Awesome. That's well. That's, that's what they say is average. You're like, hey, you're, you're doing pretty dang good. So as you could see, anything forward of that would be fit. Anything negative, that would be sick. So if I, if we had someone who's 110 over 60, doctor's like, whoa, what are you doing? Awesome work. Keep it up. Fist bumps. Uh, and then someone can come in and they are 180 over 100. Yikes. Doctor's like, yikes. You are now at risk of um, a few different things. One, we're talking about hypertension, but as that goes into, <clears throat> in layman's terms, uh, increased risk for heart attack, increased risk of stroke. That's ideally not so good. So now we have some markers we can put on here. Let's let's talk about some more things. Let's talk about body fat percentage. You go in, let's say, 20% body fat. Doctor's like, right on, average, good. Go down here to fit, 10%. And yeah, I'm talking about both males and females here. Um, a lot of times in CrossFit training with the diet and exercise, people can be at 10% body fat with regular menstrual cycles, if that's what you're going down. We've seen it. It's happened. If you want to get wrapped around the axle, just pretend I didn't say anything about body fat percentage, but you know where we're going with this. Someone who is 30% of above, we're struggling, right? It's not ideal. Now, again, we're not in the business of, of fat shaming or saying anything here. We are in the business of we're trying to get people healthy. I think it is easy to see that the 20% body fat is healthier than our 30% body fat and up from that. So we get into those, those obese type states. Um, what else do we have? What, um, resting heart rate. What, do you, what is your resting heart rate, Alex? About 75, 80. Okay. Alex is, I'm going to say Alex is kind of right on here. <laughs> 75 to 80 beats per minute. Alex also works for the VIP team. So sometimes he's out you know, partying a little bit. Who really knows? what it is. But 75 to 80, I would say is a little bit less than well. If you're at, let's say less, you know, around 70, well, um, just throw incredible away. athletes. Also have a whole mess of sleeping issues. And <laughs> so factor that in as well. It is what it is. All right. And now we can go back to if you are, let's say, I mean, 100 beats per minute, we need to, we need to change that. That's going to be an issue. And I can take every single biomarker and I can put it on this fitness, wellness, sickness continuum to say, hey, how are we doing here? Now, what we can also do is we can take actual physical challenges, things that you want to do well at in the gym, and I can plot them on here. 
Um, for, for a simple concept, let's talk about a deadlift uh, because we do it every day. Whether you're doing it with a barbell, a kettlebell, or you're picking up the pen off the ground, that's a deadlift. If you can deadlift your body weight, dab. Nice job. If you can deadlift two times your body weight, wow, rocking. Males and females, that people that can deadlift three times their body weight. Absolutely incredible feats of strength. We mark it on there. And then here, if you can't deadlift half your body weight, we're, we're struggling a little bit. Because think about that in a capacity standpoint. If you do not have a capacity to pick something up off the ground, let alone your own body weight, life doesn't care what your training looks like. Life is going to demand whatever it wants out of you. So by having a capacity, you are much better set than being down at those lower areas. Um, what else? Let's talk about uh, a mile run. Uh, what do you think an average mile run would be? Maybe like six, six thirty. Okay, six thirty average. What kind of average people are we talking about here? <laughs> talking Clearly, about? I have no. Because there's a bunch of people in the office who who are going to be deeply offended. Eight minutes. By it. I'll go with eight minutes. Again, I'm not the one saying yes or no to these things. But if you run an eight minute mile, we're probably doing all right. If you're running a six or less minute mile. Less than six, you're ripping. And if it takes you 12 plus to run a mile, again, not ideal. So what we can do, and again, I can have a thousand examples. I challenge you guys to go home, do something like this, write all of these things down on the board to say, where are we in the scale of sickness, wellness, and fitness? And really, this is just a characteristic, the judge of our, our balance of lifestyle factors, what you're doing inside the gym, but also what you're doing outside of the gym, what your supplement re uh, regimen is, what your nutrition you know, regimen is, whatever you're doing for that, it's going to be affected here. Now, this isn't the main point of it. The, the main point of this is when we talk about what is fitness or when we talk about working with a fitness professional or doing a, a discipline of fitness our goal needs to be moving every single one of these markers in the direction of fit. And the fittest person will have all of their markers as close to fit as possible. You could even, in a, in a simple scale, with it, removing this from a definition of what is fitness, you could say the fittest person has all of their characteristics going this way and staying at the highest point here. Because if someone had all of these markers here and someone had all of these markers here, this person is going to be fitter by definition, by, by, a, by a slight bit of our definition, what we learn the CrossFit Level 1 seminar, that's where we want to be. I don't think anyone's going to argue that. Now, as long as your program is moving people in that direction, you are, you are, you are headed to the right goal of fitness. That's why it's so important to track these things. No, you don't have to go to the doctor once a week, get your blood drawn and get all this stuff done. But once every six months, I challenge you, if you're going on a new fitness endeavor, do the medical biomarkers, do, do the, the physical markers of, of any sort of exercise that is measurable, observable, repeatable. And then if, if, you're, you know, if all of your X's are around here, boom. And then you, you're, you're starting this training program for six months or more, and all of your markers now all of a sudden are over here. Well, fuck yeah. Now, now we're moving in the right direction. That's, it's relatively simple. And here's, here's why this is so important. Because 
because fitness or having all of your markers at fit is a hedge against sickness. If let's say my average plots are right over here, I don't eat a dozen donuts one night and then I wake up over here. That's not how that works. I have now built a hedge to where I have to go all the way through wellness in order to get to sickness. Now, granted, there could be some sort of catastrophic event like a car crash or something, but I will tell you that I have seen these tragic accidents happen to someone who has all their markers up over here and shit, they are much better off than someone if it happened to them right here. If this is, let's say this is, uh, I don't know, Alex Frawley and he's got all of his markers right here and now all of a sudden life kind of starts to happen to him, right? Life happens to us. Um, we don't have as much time to exercise. Uh, we have a child, not saying that not saying that Alex does, not saying that I he doesn't, not. but in that matter, let's say someone has a kid. They don't get as much sleep. They're not eating as well. They're not doing these things as well. Well, that person may move down to here before they, they figure it out again. You know what? Life happens to everyone, though. So if I'm right here, if all my markers are right over in this way and life happens to me, well, I'm going to fall to this here real quick. And what that looks like is a bunch of different medications. It looks like a poor quality of life. Not a lot of, not a lot of capacity to do the things that you love doing, whether it be running, snowboarding, jumping, picking up your child off the ground. Not a lot of good stuff is happening over there. So we need a fitness program to drive adaptation towards fit. And, and where sometimes people get lost into where it it is difficult for a trainer to relay this information to an athlete or to one of their clients is that they will see people that are here. They will see people that are there that have been doing fitness and have been dedicated to improving on all of these things. And they see that person say, hey, I'm going to, you know, I had a great workout today. I'm going to eat a McDonald's, you know, triple Big Mac or whatever that they serve there. And I'm going to eat a bunch of nuggets. I'm going to do this. And then someone who's here, they say, well, I mean, I've, I've been working out the last couple of days too. So, you know, Billy Badass is over here and he's going to eat the McDonald's. So I should too. And it's like, mm, it's very difficult for trainers to say, no, you actually haven't earned that. You haven't. Right? Because you're sick. And all of these, and it's hard to tell someone that. I have a client that I'm working with. I won't, I won't name his or her name. But the doctor is like, you are at a stroke level blood pressure. At any point in time, you could have a stroke. You could have a heart attack. Like, things are not looking good. And then they get a week of working out. And it's like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, drink wine and do all this because of this. And it's like, no, no, you're not, you're not here yet. Make some realistic goals to get yourself over here before you start giving yourself bullshit rewards because you think you've worked hard for a week. Is that tough to hear? Yeah, it is. It is, but it could be life-saving. It could be life-changing and life-saving to make sure that people's markers are moving in the right direction or to a place that they now have a little bit of a hedge against sickness. So now next time, if, if you have your biomarkers here and you know, you're at a birthday party and 
Someone cuts off a little slice of cake and is like, do you want some? You don't have to smash it in their face and, and karate chop them and be like, no, my biomarkers aren't here. But you need to think about this type of stuff. Are you willing to make realistic goals to get yourself here so that you can live a healthier life, live a longer life, continue to, to compound and compile all of these areas to where we want adaptation to get these, these better and uh, you know, stronger numbers. We want, we want to lose weight. We want to increase muscle mass. It's like it depends on where you are in the scale as to how much you get to kind of mess around. Now, I'll sit down. I kind of went on a little bit of a soapbox there. I got a little, I got a little hyped up. We're going gonna to bring it back down. We love it, though. Passion. It is passion, and it's passion not because I want to be the tool douchebag that says, hey, I'm fit because I've done a lot of this stuff, because I've made a lot of sacrifice, because I weighed and measured my food for years and hopes and dreams to compete in the CrossFit games, and I've, I've trained myself to you know, be X, Y, Z. Uh, I can do this stuff. You can't. That's not what I want, and it's, and it's, and it's because I've seen we can go into it later of what we're doing in order to, you know, increase our biomarkers or to move ourselves from sick to fit. We can talk about that stuff, but if that's not on every trainer's mind or a front facing goal, the fuck are you doing? Exactly. If everyone had a super specific goal, that may not be as important if um, if someone came up to you and they said, my goal is to be the strongest human being on earth. I don't care about anything else. I want to be the strongest human being. I'm willing to beg, borrow, and steal from every other adaptation, from cardiorespiratory endurance, from flexibility, from all of this stuff because I want to deadlift 1,000 pounds. Well, the diet's going to look a little bit different than someone who just wants to be fit or wants to improve their quality of life. And the pharmaceutical regimen will probably be a little bit different as well as how many calories they're eating. Like, I understand. Let's not get wrapped around the axle about the exception. Let's focus on the rule here. Trainers need to be focusing on this stuff. And no, you know, you have to know your scope of practice as a trainer as well. You're not one if someone comes in and they say, um, my doctor says, that I am a type 2 diabetic and this is how much insulin I need to be on, you don't as a trainer get to say, that's bullshit, here's what I'm going to do for you because that's medical malpractice. But if you say, what's, you know, what's type 2 diabetes? Well, okay, what are we, what are we talking about here? We're talking about um, glucose intolerance and, and your, your body either producing so much insulin that it, that is you know, no longer effective and that we have chronically high levels of, of blood glucose, which, you know, you can plot on there as well. If you're between, you know, 70 and 100 milligrams per deciliter of, of fasting glucose levels, you're doing okay. If you're chronically elevated, well, odds are there's a ton of insulin being pumped into your system. You probably have hyper, or, you know, hyperinsulinemia, which is the, the causal mechanism for the deadly quartet. It's like we can go all on about this stuff to have the knowledge on it. But it's like, hey, maybe we start to improve by removing processed, liquid, refined carbohydrates, removing added sugars from their diet, and start to increase. So instead of them being sedentary and sitting on the couch, now we're getting 
as, as Coach Craig Glassman would say, we're getting off the carbs and off the couch. You have that ability as a trainer to do that to someone, and that's important because that's life-saving. But you have to understand those things. I don't think there's a single trainer out there that's like, oh, no, we're going we're gonna to eat a lot of processed carbohydrates and, and sugar. And, but it depends on where you're at in that program to how much leeway you have. And I, I don't want to be like, oh, I, you know, I'm only going to train elite people. You know, I've one of my first clients, one of my favorite stories of CrossFit I got the opportunity to do is, a, is an 82-year-old woman came into my gym and saw the video, thank you, CrossFit.com, of being like, uh, you know, someone who could no longer sit down and stand up in their favorite chair. Well, shit, right? So it was like, you know, she had to do the, the old triple rock, the old one, two, Hands out and press to sit up. And that's her favorite chair. And so she said, well, functional movements, you can regain functional capacity. In fact, it is not only um, helpful, it is necessary. Like, All right. So I'm like, okay, I know functional movements work, but now I have this 82-year-old woman who cannot sit down or stand up in her favorite chair. Well, let's, let's find a pain-free range of motion for her to squat, deadlift, and press, and let's see if we can get it better. And after a couple of months, well, sure as shit, she had the video to where she put both of her arms out in front of her without having to use her arms, stood up out of her chair, and sat back down. Wonderful stuff. right? That's regaining functionality because if you were to plot on the sickness, wellness, fitness continuum, the inability to stand and sit by yourself, where do you think that would fall? Towards sickness. That would fall, and I think everyone could agree with that. Yep, I would hope. So, and we don't we don't need to have this. It, this is just should again be at front of mind. But if you want to, whether you are a client or a trainer, if you want to grab a graph and just put some general plot markers on there for someone that you know or know intimately, there like all of this stuff on, and 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 get that snapshot, and six months later. Check yourself. Check your training regimen. If you're not regularly doing that, how do you know you're getting people the results that they want? And on the next episode, what I want to talk about is, is, is what is fitness? And I base my understanding and knowledge off of verbatim CrossFit's definition of fitness. But I challenge you, if you're a fitness professional, what is your definition of fitness? Define it. And if you don't have one, maybe make one up or look to see what other people have chosen as what fitness is. Because if you want to derive adaptation in something, you need to be able to define it. You need to be able to, to see it. So that's, you know, that's one model from, from CrossFit's definition of what is fitness. It's the balance of lifestyle factors, the sickness, wellness, fitness continuum, and any fitness program. If you are a fitness professional or running a fitness program, it needs to be pushing every single biomarker or marker that you can plot on that graph towards fit or towards well or moving in the correct direction. Challenge yourself to that. Do that for a little bit. If you guys have questions, comments, or concerns, drop them in the comments. I know people on YouTube are usually very nice in the comments. Always. Drop some comments. We're here to help. I'm not here to say what you're doing is wrong or what I'm doing is right, but we should be able to have a discussion because we are trying to improve the quality of life of other people. That is our job regardless of how we're doing it. That's all I got. You got anything else? 
comments or reach out to us on Instagram, Big Night Fitness. Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening to the rant. We're uh, we're back next week. We've got some special guests on the podcast for you. So, rock and roll. Thank you.